Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, we have another amazing guest. His name is Anthony Washington, and he is a husband, father, and he works in the ID department at Comcast, and he has worked here for 14 years. He's also an evangelist. Anthony was referred to me by a previous guest, my cousin Nyla, who was a guest on the show in season one. Anthony has an amazing story to tell about how he found God. So without further ado, here is my interview with Anthony. Hello, Anthony. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. And thank you so much for being a guest on the Finding God podcast. I am thrilled that you are here and I'm excited to talk with you. I am also thrilled. Uh, I'm thrilled about the topic. Uh, I may talk a little too much, but, you know, I'll let you control the evening. Well, thank you very much. Well, I have a couple of questions I ask everybody. And so here we go. My first question that I want to ask you is, what was your childhood like? I grew up in a secular household. Um, just, a, you know, a household that wasn't religious. So no real uh, basis of um, uh, God. Um, my mom's side of the family uh, was Jehovah Witness, and my dad remarried when I was a kid, and so they went to church. Uh, so the primary religion of the Washington family was Jehovah Witness, but we only seemed to participate, if you will, I guess, when it was convenient, right? Yeah. Um Grandma was Jehovah Witnesses, aunts and uncles was Jehovah Witnesses, and you know, they were children, cousins, or whatever. And so, but my household, you know, uh, as a kid, I wasn't feeling it, man. I wanted Christmas. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? I like, yeah, like, oh, you gotta read this book and obey this invisible God, and you can't have Christmas. Like, nah, nah, I'm good, dog. I'm good. Like, so, you know, I didn't. So as a ch- I didn't have Jesus as a child. I, I kind of got to know him uh, when I got saved in my early 20s. Okay. And I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my next question about what you kind of knew about God as a child. Even though you didn't have Jesus, did you like know anything about him? Well, and if you did, what was that thing that you knew about him? Well, because of, I guess, my village, uh, family, religion, um, he was present as far as uh, a knowledge base. Okay, yeah. Um, now looking back in my life as a as a as a as a believer, now um, I can tell you that he was present. You know, mm-hmm. I can name a few miracles. 
that didn't make sense to me then, um, but make a whole lot of sense to me now, right? So, but knowledge base, he was present. Uh, you know, I was the kind of kid that got sent to their uncles for, the, you know, for the summer. And then you know, my uncle was Jehovah's Witness. And so that was a softer side of introduction to it versus being at my grandmama house who was strict and, you know, her way or the highway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I guess, like I was saying earlier, when it was convenient or if something was really, really wrong, you know, I would pray to Jehovah. Um, but that kind of was it, you know. If if you were to grill me back then, you would have knew how lost I was. That's, you know, it wasn't really part of my life. Right. No, totally understand. So with that being said, how were your teenage and adolescent years? What was that like for you? Oh, oh, I was wow. <laughs> you know, um, I was wild to the point where, you know, uh, you know, I was typical, I was typical boy, right? Yeah. So, you know, going to the ER all the time, getting stitches, um, to growing up to liking girls and and being a teenager, you know, doing uh adult things, thinking I was grown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh everything from my teenage years to women selling drugs, fake IDs, going to clubs. And, you know, and I would totally say it was because in my house, there was no standard. Right. Right? And so um, I just did whatever I felt like I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Um, And didn't have a nerve to get upset with my mom whenever she told me no. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you don't never tell me no. You don't never got a problem. And this one little, you know what I mean? Now I want to do something, try to get in the way, which led, obviously led to disobedience, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's funny because I'm actually, actually about to have the kids. So I got to make sure I have structure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, structure does help sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. And, um, you know, and, and so I'm just, just, you know, wow. Until, you know, when I met Jesus in my early 20s, people were just like, yo, what happened? Wow. Like, who are, who are you, you know? And and I'm talking about people, and I ain't just talking about friends. I'm talking about family members. I'm talking about people that knew me, knew me. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Potty mouth and everything. And so things just took, like, you know, things took a, a crazy turn when I was, God, I wonder what I could say, 22? Yeah. About 22. About 22 years old. Okay. September. September, exactly. September 14th, 2003. That's when I got, when I accepted the Lord Jesus. That is awesome. Now I'm going to ask you some more about that, but I want to ask you about your teenage years. I know you mentioned that there were times when miracles happened, but you didn't understand at the time what was going on. What okay. was some of those miracles? And you don't have to tell me all of them, but like, what was one? I'll give you miracles? one. Okay. We never did this since. At one particular year, and it had to have been like early teens, <laughs> because I had my little cousin. Um, I had her. I had her on my arms, and we went to uh, like this camping site. Um, but it wasn't a real camping site. Uh, you know, they had like tiny houses, so we weren't like tents or nothing like that. And, uh, and for a family, like a family getaway vacation, because everybody was there. It was late. She was sleepy, but I had her. And they was like, okay, just take her back to the room. So we're just walking her to the room and I'm walking across 
um, where they were playing miniature golf. And I heard the voice in my head said, stop, stop, stop walking, stop, stop. Yeah. And I'm just like, it just kept walking and it stopped. And I got a little louder and I eventually I stopped, right? And mind you, she was a baby and her head was here on my shoulder. Yeah. And as soon as I stopped, a golf ball being by my face <sighs> that if I would have continued to go, it would either hit her in the face her in the head or hit me or hit us right yeah. and it was just like you know i can i don't think i even have, ever told nobody that story but it you know i stopped and the ball just pew, you know past yeah. my face and the fact that i could see it was amazing like you you know like hear him say stop okay i just stopped my feet i didn't look around right and just saw the ball whiz by my face yeah, and so, you know, and it was nobody but me and her, right? Yeah. And I just, and I don't think I ever brought it up until, what, 30, darn near 30 years later? Um, and so that was crazy. And, you know, so, like, what was the voice? Exactly. And the voice was proven, the voice was proven by the ball. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I was a kid, I was always, I always have been a kid of uh, of crazy imagination. And so, which is... It's, it's, it's sometimes difficult to decipher, is this me or is this God? Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. That happened. I never forgot. I never forgotten that. And other things, and other things like that happened in my life. Uh, one particular time, I was driving at this point. I was me and my mom. So I, I, I wore glasses a lot, uh, like most of my life, right? Yeah. And the glasses I had before, so like these glasses where they're kind of wide. Mm -hmm. They were kind of like, you know, circle around one, for, you know, no real eye protection. Yeah. Now, my car was overheating. I had to be like a teenager. My car was overheating. And I knew not to open the radiator yes. because it explodes. I know that, right? Yes. But I think I was so pressed for time. I was thinking like maybe if I just, I crack it open, let the gas go out, mm -hmm. and then I could fill it up with some fluid and, and then keep, the, you know, keep the car rolling. So I knew, I knew the consequence of my actions. I was just being impatient. Right. Uh, and so now, and so then I did it and it exploded, right? And yeah. I promise you, I promise you this happened in slow motion. The liquid exploded and only touched my glasses. Wow. It and it happened in slow motion to the, or at least, I don't know, I, it's, I sped up because I saw the whole entire thing. It was almost as if I protected you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like that hot um, antifreeze and water hit the glasses and you could mm -hmm. see I could see it welling up to the edge of the glasses, but never actually pierce. And so it, I, I promise you, it was like a movie, like that scene happens, everything slow down, you could see it all. And then when I recognized what was happening, of course, I made the, the reaction like to pull away and cover my face, you know. Yeah. But nothing got on my face. Everything got everywhere else. And it's just on my, you know, and, and I just stood there. My mom's like, you okay? And I was just dumb. I was just dumbfounded. Like, out of everything, like, it exploded. But everything else was, you know, and just, and it was almost like it didn't, it, like, it would have got my eyes. Like, yeah. it would have got my eyes, right? But it, like, only hit my glasses. And I could see it coming up on both on both lenses. Mm -hmm. and it just didn't and then uh, then I got a chance to pull away and it was just like you know what in the world like you know what I mean like how do you know and so 
Yeah, little stuff like that. Little stuff. Now, I have, of course, I had a lot of miracles after I got saved mm-hmm. that uh, that made me gun ho. Yeah. Like to the point where, like, yeah, I'm gonna take a bullet for Jesus because you can't tell me this thing just happened. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm so, I'm so, I'm done. It's over. I'm a Christian <laughs> for life. You know what I mean? Tell me about that day you got saved, the one in September, where you say you met God. So, uh, with my girlfriend, right? Yeah. And uh, she was attending a huge church, uh, which is Deliverance Evangel- Evangelistic Church here in Philadelphia. It's huge. One of, the, one of the big, like, we got, like, three big major, well, not major, but three big building churches, large congregations mm-hmm. here in Philadelphia. And this place was one of them. Right. And so, uh, long story short, we were dating over a year at this point. And I always had two jobs, always had an excuse not to go. Um, and I told her, like, yeah, if I didn't work, I would go with you. She was always, she would always ask me. I was working full time at Signatel Drugs, which is Signatel Health Insurance Company for their mm-hmm. pharmacy. Um, and then I was working part time at Lowe's, Lowe's Home Improvement. Okay. Signal laid me off and Lowe's fired me, which was funny because it was right on the brink of me interviewing for it positions and so you know so it was almost kind of like i was forced like i was going to a transition then i was forced to go into this transition because i had no job like yeah. you know and uh obviously you know it worked out for me but uh in that time i couldn't i could no longer deny her sunday service because i ain't got no job to go to true yeah you know and so i went uh i'm not quite sure how long I was attending before I started feeling the tug to walk down the aisle. And I can't even remember whether or not if I totally understood what that meant to the core of my heart. But, and so the week prior to September 7th, I was doing the rocking chair nod at the altar call. You know, you know, the people like, okay, I'm going to go. No, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go. I'm not going to go. Right. I'm going to go. I'm not going to go. And so, uh, then I was just, and she, you know, and she, she I, I recognized she noticed I was on a struggle and she kind of looked. She was like, ahead and struggle with it, what have you. True story, right? So I didn't yeah. go, I didn't get saved September 7th of 2003. Got home and tormented myself because I actually had to admit that I was afraid of something. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, from, from the streets and where I grew up, we used to always clown each other about being scared. And here, here it is. I'm not, I'm not really removed, but we're not kids. Like so, that was like stuff that we would do when we were teenagers. Here I am, 22 years old, and these thoughts are running through my mind because now I have to, I have to admit, and then nobody else is saying this. It's just me that I was afraid. Like, oh, he was afraid to walk down. He was a chump. Da 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 da. Right. And so I'm like, oh, you know, next week I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Ain't nobody going to stop me. I ain't going to be scared, right? Yeah. And sure enough, I did it. All right. So then the time next week. So the night before that, ironically, I got in a car accident. It was just really weird. But so the next morning, Sunday morning, got to the church. I had no idea what the preaching was about. I was just going to prove myself that I wasn't scared. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so the car came and I went. And it's a big church, right? It's a, you know, yeah. and it's funny how 
recognizing now that God was kind of putting the tunnel vision in my right because I could have been paying attention to like I was in an arena like everything like I could have been startled by anything like looking around people in the balcony audience people cheering me on clapping other people crying other people going out getting saved I could have just been like nah this ain't for me dog like you know what I mean yeah. And but I just for whatever reason I had tunnel vision because I don't even remember the walk. I just remember being down there. Mm-hmm. And so this was the land laying on the hands kind of a church, right? They're mm-hmm. really charismatic. And uh so so they didn't get to talking to me right away. So I'm down there and I had my first mm-hmm. sincere prayer ever. Yeah. And it was this. This was the prayer. I said, God, if you're real and you belong in Christianity. You're going to have to prove it to me. Don't prove it to me with these people. And don't try to prove it to me through this book because I don't know who wrote it. My 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 faith said, if this is all real, then you got to be real enough to come to me personally. <laughs> but if you do that, you got me. Yeah. And I'm so dead serious, right? And so, can I tell you, <laughs> he made himself known, right? And, <laughs> and, and like miracles are are way way more mind-blowing than the things I, I explained already yeah right uh and I knew like I, I I literally had a Paul moment right like yo I met the Lord and I would I just went back telling people <laughs> like you know what I mean like yes. no bible knowledge no nothing like yo you gotta get on this yo I'm going back to the same club same bars same wow. drink in my hand, like, yo, yo, this Jesus doing yo, bro, like, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, and that actually, that that experience of going back to the bars and all that, talking to people about God, <laughs> is what made me an evangelist. But the Lord has used me to bring thousands of people to him over my uh, 17 years of being saved. See, that's amazing. But it, like you like you said, you had like a Paul type of experience at one point, which had you going back to the same places you used to go and telling them about God. It just seems as if sometimes God uses those things. A lot of people think they can only witness when they understand the Bible completely or have everything fully understood and memorize all the verses and everything they need mm-hmm. to know. But think about it. Like even in the Bible, whenever Jesus healed someone and he did something for them and they wanted to go with him, he would always tell them, no, no, you can't come, but stay here and tell people what I did for you. And I think right, that's what witnessing right. is about. You know, it's not about all this other stuff. It's just telling people what God has done for you. And he did something amazing for you. That's why you want to go and tell everybody. <laughs> so yes, that is awesome. Yes. That is. That is very awesome. I think in our nature, we we feel like we must apply something to the task. Yeah, right? Exactly. And, you know, I'm watching family members now and just watching people in general, but family members now go so gun-ho mm-hmm. about a religion that, that a theology makes absolute, that doesn't really make sense. I don't want to say yes. it, make, it doesn't make absolutely no sense. I, I kind of get where they're going, but mm-hmm. when you're a critical thinker around theology such as I am, you know, and of course I'm a person that I know, I personally know who God is, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I look at their religion, I'm like, yo, that doesn't make sense. Like, if you really critically think about what you're saying, you know that, you know, that can't be the case, right? And so I get it how people, are they gravitate towards religion. Yeah. Like, they feel like they need to apply something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and grace and mercy is very far-fetched 
yeah. when we all know we need it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you know, like, oh, okay, I need God to forgive me, but I'm, I'm going to somehow work it off, you know? Yes. Grace and mercy works for me because I'm, I'm kind of lazy, so, you know. That works for me, too. I was thinking about that this morning because um, I grew up in religion, even though they claim they accept grace or whatever, it's almost like, okay, so now, like you said, now I got to work it off. I got to do mm-hmm. something to pay this debt back. And I've always thought, like, why do you have to pay something back when it's given to you for free? It just didn't make sense. So that is why, with me, I don't do the whole religion thing because I feel it's all about a relationship with God. Because my whole thinking is this. If we have a relationship with God, even if the religion that you thought was always what it is, you find out later on, okay, that's not what it is, you will not be shaken. You know, because your relationship with God is more than that. They could take away the religion. They could take away everything but if you have that relationship with God then that is the thing that matters what is some advice you would give somebody who is looking for God searching for God but didn't exactly know where to find him that God is a real person for the simple fact that you're looking for him that is evidence enough that you know that he's there think about all the time you weren't looking for him why are you so now eternally conscious now like why now I would say also now like I said earlier, Jesus Christ lived, died, rose again. That is the truth. He is real. I'm never not going to say that. Yeah. But that's, although I want to tell you that, I can't have you take my word for it because it doesn't work that way. Um, you need to find that for yourself. And if you feel like you're leaning towards another belief system, explore it. But take that information that I just gave you with you, Right. And and I would challenge you to compare it, right? I would challenge you to compare it because religion by definition is this. You have to do something to be pleasing to God. What happens when you can no longer do those things? Does he not love you anymore? Be open to follow him wherever he leads you and not based on what you think other people would think because if you're really looking for him, don't let outsiders distort what he's trying to show you. You can simply just talk to him you're there. I know you are. I just have no idea who you are. Help me. He already speaks your language. So when you talk to him, he understands you, even when you don't understand yourself. And he is so great that he can communicate with you in a way that is undeniable. You just have to be welcome to it. Don't box God into what, to a belief system. Let God put you in a belief system. Wow, what an awesome interview. My favorite part of the interview was when Anthony and I talked about how having a relationship with God is different from having a religion and how they are not the same. So many people believe that in order to have a relationship with God, you have to go through religion or you have to go to church. But that's absolutely not the case. It is possible to have a relationship with God without being part of religion or even going to church. Having a relationship with God has nothing to do with whether or not you go to church. Now, I'm not telling you not to go to church if that's what you choose to do, and that's fine. But please, don't feel like you have to go to church to have a relationship with God, or that you have to be affiliated with a certain religion before you can have a relationship with God. God loves you, period. And it has nothing to do with your religious affiliation or your church attendance. This week, instead of having an artist of the week, we have a songwriter of the week. And her name is Kiana W. Mitchell. Okay, yes, it's me. So the song we're going to listen to is called God. And it's a song that I wrote during a time when I was going through a difficult time. And it helped me to realize that no matter how bad things got... 
God let me know in small ways and big ways that he was always there for me and that even though I couldn't feel his presence at that moment, that he was there. So here's the song God from the Songwriter of the Week. Comfort me when I was feeling sad. You're my shelter from the storm. I am safe when I'm with you. You are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the
Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and make sure you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I would also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with me or Anthony, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes and all you have to do is click on the links below and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click the email link in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest and I'll make sure to get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. I think that is all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and have a wonderful weekend. I'm